0: Water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Podcast about all things Avatar. Here we
1: are again, back for another episode of Bending the Elements and Avatar podcast. This time covering Book Two, Chapter Eight, "The Chase," written by Josh Hamilton and the always popular Giancarlo Volpe.
0: There you go. And gentlemen, those in between and an affiliate, we got ourselves an old-fashioned chase on this one. Yep. But before we get to all that,
1: let me quickly just read through the summary. After a brief side tour in the previous episode, we return to the continuing journey of Team A, now joined by their newly added member, Toph. Spring has arrived, and as with the changing of the season, Qatar is struggling to find some steady ground with the new dynamic among the group. She finds herself at odds with Toph's independence, but even though Toph may not seem like she's pulling her own weight, she comes in handy when she detects the approach of a strange land vessel coming in their direction. Thanks to her early detection, they leave before they have a chance to meet this new stranger. But no matter how far it takes them, it's not long before the mysterious tank reappears. Tired of running, Aang decides it's time to face their pursuer, and when the tank-slash-train thing comes to a stop, one of its trailers open up, and out comes Princess Azula and her gang of buds, riding on some salamander-looking dudes. A brief fight ensues, but the Azula gang prove too much for Team A, who once again take to the skies to flee. And as the tank train once again begins its pursuit, we discover that there's a third party following this affair. Prince Zuko, still riding his ostrich horse, has also taken up the chase. But up in the skies, after having no chance for rest, Op ends up falling asleep at the wheel and forces the group into an abrupt landing. Here, lack of sleep and an unsteady group dynamic leads to a big clash of personalities for our four heroes. Toph decides to leave the group, but not before she lets loose that she thinks Appa's shedding hair is what has allowed the tank to track them. After having some time for their angers to cool, our three leads decide that they need to go and make it up with Toph. But before they do that, Aang comes up with a plan to mislead the Azula gang. They bathe Appa in a river, and Aang makes a fake trail of hair. On her solo journey, Toff comes across everybody's favorite uncle, Iro, But with our other buds, Katara and Sokka encounter Ty Lee and Mei, whereas Aang waits for his trail to lead Azula to him. Oppa saves our two sleepy heroes during a fight with Ty Lee and Mei, and on the other side of the trail, Aang and Azula meet for a bending duel. But interrupting this exchange, Prince Zuko arrives and turns this fight into a triple threat match. The beast incarnate Azula takes the fight to the other two, and has them both on their heels. But Katara, Sokka, Toph, and Iroh all arrive at the same time, and everyone gangs up on Azula. But pulling out a trump card, Azula fires a beam of energy right into Iroh's chest, and escapes. And even when Katara tries to use her healing to help the older man, Zuko refuses. The two groups go their separate ways, and that's how we end the chase. But, uh, did you happen to, uh, watch the commentary for, for this one or listen to it? I
0: did. I watched this and the commentary, the only commentary available on this desk. and another one, of course, next to, uh, Zuko, no, was it not Zuko alone? A Blind Bandit. That's who it was. Yeah,
1: I listened to that one too, a little while ago. Oh, but yeah, I guess if we're both at timestamp zero, we can hit play and jump right into this, I think fairly acclaimed episode, but, uh, I guess hit play now
0: ready to get their betting sites or any betting groups they are because we got we you know it's a chase so that means that somebody's being chased and somebody is initiating the chase so whoever bets you know I don't know it depends on who, who bets who who are you going for what's their son <laughs> Oh,
1: I think uh I think our team avatar will be the uh, the victors this chase uh,
0: I'd put my money on them do you think they're the ones that initiated said shades? Oh, we got backstory. Not backstory. We got some previously ons. Yeah. It acquires our attention. The first joke we get to is that, um, well, Appa is shedding.
1: Yeah. And I saw this was actually kind of a plot thread that they wanted to introduce in the first season, but they could just never find somewhere for it. So it finally shows up here.
0: Errors where, uh, Aang's kind of letting nature be attracted to himself. Not exact, Not intentionally, of course. <laughs> 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 certainly doesn't realize that but boy i do understand uh the shedding problem if you if you have a cat or a dog i don't know if hamsters or guinea pigs or rats have that problem or not
1: yeah i don't know about shedding necessarily but my guinea pigs do seem to lose a lot of hair all the time so it's not like it's a certain season they're just they're always losing it
0: yeah no, it's just, it's not just doesn't happen to be In the winter time it's it can be any time right
1: yeah, and I kind of like this bit with uh, Toph here. Cause Katara's like, "Oh, I'm happy to have another girl along with us because these boys, you know, they're so mature. They're always making these stupid jokes." Because sokka has got like a hat out of the hair, and then Ang's got a little beard, and then she's got the giant pits. So, so that's kind of fun.
0: You thought the um, the old man from Omashu was going to return, Purple, whatever his name is, Pants the Third, comes back. No, just um, he's got he's got a lot of back hair though this time. Yeah, and
1: yeah. Th- this is early on setting up some some dynamics with Katara's happy to have an- another girl there, but very quickly she realized that Toph isn't exactly the same as the three of them. She's a little bit more wants to be independent, a little bit more of a, an unpleasant personality at times. So, yeah, we we establish that pretty quickly their uh, their dynamic for this episode.
0: We shall wait, let me say that you have a a, a person who's her whole life being locked away. not you just locked away, but like boarded up. And she finally has this opportunity to let loose be, be free. Do you think she really wants to listen to any authority figures anytime soon? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I
1: guess, I mean, she certainly knows that they're all doing their, their stuff for each other. So it seems a little, Seems a little rude on her part to just sit there. But I guess she assumes, like, hey, my part is training Aang. It's not uh, doing chores. And I guess she probably lived a pretty pampered life, having the servants do all the chores for and stuff.
0: That's the thing of it, if you think about it, is that how much much did she do, excuse me, and how much did uh, a bunch of other people do? Like, really tough. Do you know how to cook? Do you know how to boil water? Do you know how to... I don't know, stir soup. I don't know if you could tell that with the earth, with the seismic sense. Who even knows? Yeah, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I guess they play this note pretty
1: long here for this uh, this early part. We're just kind of seeing kind of the tensions rising with, with Toph and Katara. Well,
0: I feel like it's one sided.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that could be. Maybe Toph just doesn't care. Just like, uh Katara, like, she's there, but. She's not really my focus, like whatever,
0: but but some of her snide comments seem a little bit uh, pointed. This is true. I mean, it's not anger, Sokka that's coming to her and saying like, "Hey, you know, you're you're you know, we don't want you to be dead weight, so please, can you actually work for once?" No, nah, and then and then. What's well, the other thing of like? I'm I'm surprised this episode came not immediately after, but after Toph has been established as the earthbending teacher because. We don't exactly get any earthbending lessons from her in this episode, so I do find it interesting that this one comes first before the next episode, but maybe that's intentional, of course.
1: Yeah, I also found that odd. I thought maybe maybe opening up with them doing some earthbending training might have been good. But either way, even though she's kind of acting like weight a little bit, she very quickly gets a chance to prove, it, prove her value to the group because... Uh, she discovers that, it hmm, seems like there's something
0: rumbling and approaching them from the distance. almost in a rhythmic, machine-like manner beforehand, so I wonder what could it be. It looks like it's a giant dust cloud of some sort. <laughs> well, great, somebody's mastered sandbending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say I like kind
1: of the structure of this first part of this episode, with them just escaping, and then it... it they can never escape enough. It always keeps finding them, and their tensions because they're not sleeping keep rising up, and they're at each other's throats even more. I think this is a good setup, and I think the uh, the train tank thing looks pretty ominous. I just like seeing the big uh, smoke plumes coming from behind it. I think that's all cool.
0: Yeah, whoever's powering this thing it must have a lot of energy. Mm. Take a while, like depending. don't no, I literally it must be outputting a lot to go that fast. Like given the metal weighing it down and how fast traveling, what high output of energy it must be taking in. Yeah, I'm curious to see uh who's behind that. Hmm. It is a mystery as to whom uh is behind this monstrosity. We'll have to find we'll have to see and wait, wait and see and find out what goes on, but for now, the kids touch down and land. And Toph is none happier being back on terra firma. Yeah, and she's ready to go right to bed, but Katara's like, hey,
1: you need to help us set up camp. Like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, especially because I'm kind of tired. And that's when, yeah, they kind of come to a big head. And then Aang and Sokka are just staying there
0: awkwardly as they're, uh, yeah, bickering. I will say, I I did enjoy this episode a lot. Not to (laughs) immediately, like, what is his final thoughts? No, I did enjoy this one because of the comedy. Yeah, I think it it all plays pretty
1: well in this one, yep. And there's a, definitely that more uh, cartoony quality to the uh, the animation, and like we see like her, we see Katara, because uh, Socks, I want to say Sokka, because Toph keeps making this little uh, kind of like a tent made out of earth, and she slams the door in Katara's face, and then we see Katara just like springing around like a little, uh, I don't know what, like a little cartoon
0: character. Oh, and also. Given that she uh, is the queen of nicknames here, she gives Katara the name Sugar Queen, and she does not take a liking to that. Yeah, I thought it was funny in the commentary that Josh Hamilton was like, "Oh, I
1: thought they were going to cut that line." It's like, I wonder why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's surprising. Like, you know that I don't know if it's immature. I don't know if it's immaturity, but like, you think something like that would cause? Uh, it's surprising it got it went through. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I didn't think it was yeah you know, that bad or anything. And you and you say it's funny you say Saka given that she pretty much is just the female Sokka.
1: Oh, uh, Toph? Yeah. yeah, I could see a little bit attitude wise. Yeah, she's much more competent. Kids got lots of sass. Yeah, and I like uh, even when everyone else is sleeping peacefully, Katar's just sitting there fuming,
0: like yells a little comment and then gets. Uh, what did she say here? They uh, well they don't the, both both Ang and like you said. Aang and Sokka and Momo are looking at, like, the situation from a distance, and Sokka's like, you know what? I've I've been on the end of this, like, a thousand times, or t- countless times. I'm just gonna sit back and watch, uh, and <laughs> let it play out, and Aang, trying to be the mediator and uh, de-escalator, goes in and is like, hey, everybody, I think, needs to calm down. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of tired and whatnot, and <laughs> Guitar is like both oh, i'm gonna play like um oh, yeah another big cartoon face golly uh go to like 0518. that's that's like the face of the episode yep it's a good one yeah may whitman you did a really good take on that one yep and then ang just backs away awkwardly Okay, I do find a slight attraction to you, but you're not exactly in the mood for that, so I'm just going oh, to back away mind my own business. So do, the, the Avatar abides. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs>
1: here's that scene I was mentioning earlier where they're all Sokka and Aang and Momo are all peacefully sleeping. And Katara's just there with like a spiteful grin and says, oh, I'm sure the stars are beautiful tonight.
0: because uh, The stars are at night, are big and bright deep in the heart of texas sorry
1: oh i didn't think about
0: on my first viewing but i guess that was a blind joke or a blind dig on guitarist yeah i'm pretty sure the volpe hamilton and Martino kind of talked about that oh maybe i missed that part too oh man um although it wasn't whether whether she did mean that like insensitiveness or not (laughs) well they talked about political correctness you know sometimes siblings may not always be the most politically correct <laughs> at times but it's not out of like rate. well okay range and it's it's hormones of course and and emotions but i don't know if they fully mean it it's interesting that these two immediately feel like siblings yeah
1: yeah i guess i could see that yeah the, the blind dig is a little much but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there is that but yeah <laughs> if- well, for yeah, once Katara's is like, yeah, oh, stars are beautiful tonight. Sokka wakes up. He's like, "Can you please stop with it? I'm trying to sleep here." And of course, then yeah, Toph you know, certainly can hear within ear. She is within earshot of Katara <laughs> and either kicks, smacks, or punches the ground. And fair enough. A bunch, a bunch of rock like comes, Bugs Bunnying towards her and launches her right into Sokka. <laughs> I tell you it's 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 comedy, and soon after that, um, well, it looks like they gotta go again because there may or may not be a uh, another dust cloud or machinery of evil machinations following them. And it looked like maybe uh, Toph
1: should have heard that a little earlier because uh, it seemed like it was close for this time.
0: Oh, it was getting really close. I mean, Sokka even wants to just you know have a quick snooze.
1: And- mm-hmm. Yeah, and they decide to go as far away as they can possibly go and go and sleep on top of a mountain, tiny little mountain range, and a papa just immediately flops down to sleep once they land.
0: I would suggest, of course, uh, given I'm going to couch quarterback stating, why don't you guys head for an ocean? Yep, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, doubt they'll, uh, I doubt they'll have to go over an ocean, and the counter to that is, do you honestly think these kids right now are going to think of that? <laughs> in this uh, state of mind, in fact, I think that's the point, is that when you become tired, you won't be able to think properly, and you can't uh, immediately remember everything that you want to say, eh? Yeah, I suppose that's fair, I suppose that's fair.
1: You know, going to the top of a mountain seems like a a good place to go, because I mean, it it does seem like they're being chased by a land vehicle, land vehicles traversing a mountain. Uh, It seems like a, a difficulty that maybe it couldn't overcome, but I guess we'll find out. And uh, did you have any comments about this when they're trying to rest on the top of the mountain a bit here? Again,
0: it's it's crankiness, it's um lack of sleep. I get it. It's the especially for these these pre-teens/near teenagers, they they need all the sleep they can. Um yeah. And I like the I like the little bit where they're talking about oh, who could be
1: following us. And they mentioned Zuko. I like that Toph's like Who's Zuko? <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun that they explain a little bit. Call him an angry freak with a ponytail. It's like dang, Poor Zuko. I,
0: only only Sokka said that. Not so much. Not so much Katara. Of course, she points out. You know, turn a ponytail is <laughs> ponytail. The hypocrisy there. So it's a wolf's tail. That makes everything different. <laughs> Changes everything, of course. Yeah, it's interesting that Ang
1: didn't really comment on him. He just kind of maybe he was sleeping already. He he couldn't stay up.
0: Yeah, he would go to defend him. Maybe I mean, depending on how much like of his monologue he heard back in episode twenty. But no, of course he. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably like, listen, I'm trying to sleep here. Avatar business can wait for it till later. The Avatar needs to sleep. Yeah, stuff some of Momo's or stuff some,
1: some of Opus hair in his ears, little earplugs.
0: That'd be an interesting idea.
1: Yeah, it would be a bad one for them right now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, especially since, like, you know, Shaka's trying to sleep. And, of course, Momo's not having it because it seems as though something's amiss. As if Momo can tell that something's approaching. And, uh, well, what do you know? Uh, guess who uh, is dropping by but the absolute adorable... Uh, not adorable, but the non-stop won't take any chances, don't even... Take no for an answer, crazy fans. (laughs) All the Angie girls, (laughs) pretty much all the Kyoshi girls, have joined forces somehow and invested in this land tank. And they're all cosplaying as female avatars, and they've got their little, uh,
1: they got their little um, autograph sheets. Ang, Ang, please, please,
0: your stock's gone up so much since you uh, killed a. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's you know your, your your cryptos up and your nfts are up as well like come on you got you got what, what are you doing what you're just leaving all this money on the table here like you 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 are like a selfish person you gotta come come be part of the business world it's like i can't do that the business world will go into like shambles if i don't stop the fire uh the fire lord excuse me i was picturing the foaming guy coming out too on one of those little uh Little salamander things, <laughs> that are any of the uh, mecha- mechanist's designs from the Northern Air Temple. Oh yes, yeah. so I wonder if he had any uh, any part to play in the design of this this tank here. Mm, yes, you wonder if every vehicle we see from now on uh, in this book, if any of his designs were uh, used. Uh, that's a good question. I don't. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> yeah,
1: but they decide. It's time to stop running, and it's time to just... It, it doesn't seem like they're ever going to escape these people. So it's better just to face them.
0: Yes, I do wonder whom it might be. So on these lizards, it's... Oh, hi, it's the three ladies from Omashu. Yeah,
1: we saw them. Izula. <laughs> Last time we saw them, they were children. Now they're older children. <laughs> I'm not sure how old they are. Um... Probably like 14 or so, 15. We've been over this before. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. And so they charge up the mountain and chase into attack. And we got a little brief battle sequence. And But right before the battle, uh, Toph still being her little brash, kind of rude self. She's like, it's three versus three. And Sokka doesn't take too kindly to that. And uh, yeah, I guess she disparages him a little because of his lack of bending skills. I guess he's, uh, what do they call him in Harry Potter again? Muggles. Wait. No, it's uh, it's the people who were, like, born of magic stock, but then they just don't have the abilities. Oh, squibs. Squibs, there you go. That's what sock is, yeah, in this group. The squib. No bending at all, and he's just
0: choked. Well, I would say non-bender, but that's... That, okay. <laughs> I just mean in terms of being insulted. <laughs> I guess that... No, that's fair, except, you know, two out of those three characters there are non-benders, and they seem to be intimidating the rest of them, so... Well, maybe I guess Sokka needs to work on his uh, skills. Well, she can't see that she doesn't know, so she assumes it's uh, three benders. That's true, this is true, and and also, <laughs> yeah, Sokka you know, gets peeved off and very, very takes it very hard in that one. Uh, also, giving us a uh, a angry face, <laughs> an angry face. Did you? You say? could say that, but I would just say, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not too amused.
1: Yeah, another person who's not very amused is Appa. At all the work that he has to do, he's he's getting real sleepy. Uh, in the stars, he's like, Usually, when I see the stars, he's it it's time for sleep,
0: and uh, yeah, he's not doing so great. <laughs> 14 everybody go to 0814. Wait, even so one before 06. Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, no, this, yeah, this, 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 this puffy cloud, like, he's been trying to like sleep for a while, like, for a while, like, it's past his bedtime. There are people who have a strict time they go to bed. And you do not mess with that. And Toph is one of those people, and you can't you can't do that to him. But unfortunately, uh, even he realizes a futility of the situation. Is like, well, looks like it's one of those days where you just got to work overtime. <laughs> and uh, so you know, Toph you know tries to make some obstacles for these uh, these here three Fire Lord angels, but it's. Uh, doesn't seem to really be working, given that they're on like all terrain, beast of burden.
1: Yep, and and pretty quickly it seems clear that they can't stand up to a uh, fight. That's when they take off to the skies again, uh, and uh, that's when we see that super sleepy oppa. But even though they're flying away, always on their trail is is those tank tank trains. And surprisingly, we see that behind them is another uh, pursuer. If you're uh, if you're on that part yet.
0: No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm certainly not because I've seen I'm now on the part where the sun is rising and we get an interesting part or I liked about this episode is that they're very like as the sun rises, we see uh, them in full color and it's very beautiful. I must say this was DR movie, of course, and I think they did a fantastic job this episode uh, with all the comedy and surprisingly the colors. Like everything pops out very nicely. I don't know about what your what your take is on that.
1: Oh no, yeah, I think this is their usual usual uh good st- good quality stuff. Yeah.
0: But yes, no, now I see that the train all terrain vehicle, whatever you want to call it, um <laughs> Fire Lord Angels mobile is on the loose. Again, how much power they're putting that is beyond me, but fire. Um <laughs> And then we see an ostrich horse following the tracks, the completely like straight perpendicular tracks or parallel tracks, excuse me. And it's Zuko Yeah, from out of nowhere. Yeah. And he's, he's going a little slow and in,
1: in terms of, uh, he's looking a little beat up, but he's still falling after them in hot pursuit. So he is
0: the little, little prince that could I feel bad for that ostrich horse though. I mean, he's been going for ages. Oh, working overtime. Poor guy. Again. Yeah. At least, like, yeah. Well, well, Appa is working overtime. He at least understands the situation of of why they need to keep moving, because you know, being chased and all, they could get captured, and well, that's not what they want. So, it's, it's again, it's a matter of life or death. <laughs> this is a little different, where Zuko. This is like Z- Zuko wants to like capture the Avatar, so. And maybe beat his sister up. I don't know. <laughs> so... Yeah, mix of both. Yeah, he's putting that... Exactly. Uh, he's putting that ostrich horse to the test. Yeah,
1: but he really regrets uh, hitching his trails with Zuko. He's like, oh, I wish that... I uh, would have stayed with that uncle. But... <laughs> but we do see is uh, the crowd, they're finally getting a little bit of a rest as, as Appa's flying through now The the sunny skies. They're finally getting a little time to relax, but... But Appa, he, he just can't keep those eyes open, and very quickly he begins to uh, fall asleep at the wheel, as it were. <sighs>
0: he's fan- he's phantom flying, boy. He's got to be- he's got to be careful. Those 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 Air Bison police, they 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 could be anywhere at all. Like you never know. You always got to watch them. They got like even they got a little like bird escorts and bird scouts as well ahead, just being like, ah, I can see this guy over here. He's she's phantom flying right now. You gotta you gotta you gotta get him a chicken roll.
1: Yep, I think I see the red and red and blue uh, sirens coming his way already. Oh no, that's not good. Oh wait, that's just Azula's uh, fire. Uh,
0: oh okay, yeah, there you go. Fire. <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as like he realizes himself, Appa, uh, that they're about to pancake right onto the surface of the earth, he's like, "Oh, whoops, my bad, sorry." It's uh, it was a late night last night. Yep excuse me for this. Um, do they uh, maybe have a crash landing and... Ouch. Yeah, the Nop was right to sleep. Didn't even bother him.
1: He's such a big, uh, fluffy, fluffy dude. It was a soft landing for him. But but they all, they're like, well, we don't even... We're not even going to try to hide at this point. There's not much we can do. We're just going to try to sleep while we can. And so they, uh, they go off <laughs> to find a soft spot.
0: But Katara herself had to... She just had to open her mouth, and she had to keep bringing it in of Toph being dead weight. Yeah, <laughs> and that uh, certainly that that sent Toph into something else, like a complete squeal. Got a 43 there, and <laughs> boy, she, she shrieks and squeaks out of a, a big old what of like what What do you mean by that? What's going on here? Yeah, you'd think maybe now wouldn't
1: be the best time. you think everyone would be exhausted. But Katara, she's never exhausted enough to, to not take out her uh, her anger. So there you go.
0: This, like again, as, as Michaela pointed out, she likes to project. She likes to fix things. Uh, projects, that's what it is. She wants to fix things. And Toph is one of those who's not um, following the lead. She's not a part of the group. And she wants that. She just that's that's in deep inside her. She wants that, and well, Toph is well is her own person for pit's sake. So she will not bend the knee. Basically, she will almost like a uh, earthbender stand her ground. Mm. Yeah, but even worse than just not listening to the criticism,
1: she even misdirects them. She's like, "Oh, if it's anyone's fault, it's that stupid Oppa for uh, landing us here," and that just sends Aang off into a rage too. He can't take that.
0: Nobody attacks his uh his buddy, his Bison Buddy. There is a few things that probably anger the Avatar: desecration of sacred uh, sites that are Airbending temples uh, or Air Nomad temples. Excuse me. Probably seeing the forests get burned as well. That probably isn't a great thing. Uh, the Fire Nation, yep. of course. Yeah, being. Um, well, wiping wiping out a potential culture as well back in the northern water yep. tribe kidnapping his friend boomy yeah oh yeah no that was another one <laughs> um but if there isn't one thing that you do not you know go towards that is his yeah basically just his best friend in the world appa well he even
1: uh ang in his anger I guess he makes, uh, he's like, oh, you know, Oppa never had a problem carrying the three of us, so, uh, hmm. You know, maybe the problem's you, you outsider. Oppa can't uh, handle your weight. So it sounds like Aang's maybe making some some fat uh, claims
0: about her, too. This is getting weird. He's being very irrational. It's almost like he's not thinking straight, like he's not slept.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that one, I mean, Toph, she can take she can take some punches from Katara. Katara doesn't really matter that much to her, but, but Aang doing it, that's she can't handle that. She was like, that's it, I'm out. Final straw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's it is a shame, but we all make irrational decisions if we're not exactly uh sleeping properly and not thinking straight. So wasn't what it was until technically made a rash decision and just, you know, getting out of here. Which, hey, smart on, on her, I'll say that. Probably won't come back, and that's fair, but also keep in mind the fact of how this episode ends uh, and just what all transpired, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen this one before. I don't know what ends. <laughs> oh, well, just, just, just pay attention to if anything, uh, anything happens and we'll, uh, I'll mention it when we get towards the end. But, uh, of course, please go to, uh, 1201 because it's once again, uh, a funny face by Ang. We have funny faces all around this gang here. And, uh, that would be, uh, for the avatar this time when he realizes that he just mouthed off bad mouth, his earthbending teacher. Yeah, and right before that, we, uh, just
1: before Toff left, she actually let slip the real clue of what's been going on and how they've been uh, been pursued all this time. And that was the early setup of Opa Shedding. It turns out that his he's left a hairy trail behind him. And uh, yeah, our, ba- our gang of baddies have been, been falling right on their heels.
0: Oh, they've taken advantage of it. That was the cleverness of them. Almost yeah. like this was, like you said, a plot point that the Writers early on wanted to showcase in season or book one, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been they've been looking for a good fit for it, and yeah, they finally found it. Well, given that it is spring, it's 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 the perfect time to do that. So again, very I I very clever. I I very much approve of this of this idea. Yeah, and we see
1: our gang. You know, they they had their big blow up. I mean, Sokka didn't really. He he tried to be the mediator
0: and just nobody listened to him because he's the squib. Surprisingly, yeah. You know, he he points out that both of them were jerks. Um, Katara's like, thanks, Sok. He's like, you're welcome. He even tried to stop Toph there, but obviously she just gave him a little kick and shoved the earth uh, to his right. And yeah, no, just just kept walking. So yeah, Sok is pretty much like faultless in this episode that I would ever say that he's at fault for anything. But well other than maybe bad jokes, but, uh, you know, he, I gotta I, I give him that. He, he kind of stepped his game up and tried to be the meteor, So good job Sokka.
1: Yeah. Katarin and Aang are kind of like, Oh no, we, you know, we kind of messed up here. We were kind of mean to her and socks just like, yeah, you guys are big jerks. So, <laughs> so he's sitting there yeah, Not at fault at all. He's con- his conscience is clear, but they're feeling real guilty already. Yeah. And they decide, well, it's time for us to go and apologize. And that's when they come up with their, their second plot for this episode, which is because uh, their first attempts were just running and escaping. Now it's kind of setting up a, a little trick for the, the people.
0: Yeah, first uh, they start working at the car wash. And then they're like, run a going to pull the old like, double Rooney where I go one way with a bag of fur and, and then you guys just escape and go somewhere and, and wait. And uh, yeah, which is
1: kind of interesting i wasn't quite expecting to play out that way that he would just be like okay i'm gonna go off and wait for a final confrontation and you guys just escape on your own and go look for toff i thought that was kind of an odd choice
0: how would you have done it or what did you think was going to happen instead
1: well i I just mean an odd choice for ang as a character like I i feel like at this point maybe he's learned that you know, maybe doing something as a group usually winds up for the better than just going off and trying to doing, do things on his own. And we even see that when once we get to the final confrontation that, yeah, maybe didn't work out so well trying to do on his own. So it's just interesting.
0: Well, this is true. But I would also point out that he is near, like, exhausted from sleep, lack of sleep, excuse me. So I would say, yeah, it's not exactly a rash decision. But again, I could almost argue that he's not making the right, uh, other than giving Appa a bath. Um, yeah, he, he they could have they had a chance to just escape, but again, try to throw the trail off for the, the as as Zula and her friends uh, tail in or close. End, excuse me.
1: Yeah, but as we move away from that uh, plan being enacted, we cut over to Toph, who's gone off on her own, and you know she's trying to. I guess she's probably feeling a little bit of the, maybe a little bit of the aftershocks of the fight too. Of course. And yeah, she happens to hear a sound next to her and uses her usual reaction of some violence to, uh, to figure out who is, who's making that sound.
0: Well, yeah, of course her seismic sense picks something up. I also like to point out in that previous scene when uh, they go to leave up, uh, as Ang went one way and he collected a bunch of his fur, uh, he you know went one way, and uh, Katara and Sokka went the other way. But he uh Appa happened to um, I don't know, happened to snag some trees and catch some trees as he left. So mm, mm. hopefully that won't come into play later on.
1: Oh, it's good to see Uncle Iroh again after not seeing him for an episode. Well, I guess we saw him a little bit, but
0: Uncle Iro, everybody, here he is, yep. randomly coming up from somewhere.
1: Yeah, he's been knocked over onto his knees. You know, he's, he's getting pretty up up there in years. His knees probably can't take too many uh, bangs like that anymore, you know, but, but he took it.
0: Oh, his back. You probably either put it back in place or put it out of place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and bef- but before we can really take a look at that scene, we, we cut back to Azula. And man, she's got some sharp nails. She looks like a witch or something.
0: She would not be allowed in my gym. That's all I'm going to say. Just because, you know, you got to cut your nails or else you're going to like slice somebody open with those things. It's painful. Even having long nails, I always find that's it's unple- it's very unpleasant. Like, it exactly, yep. like, just feels like they can break at any point. I, I, I don't like it.
1: And then I wake up in the morning with scratches all over me because I just clawed myself in the night.
0: I don't know if I've ever done that before or not. Oh,
1: yeah. I never realized how much I scratch myself in my sleep. Until I wake up with, like, yeah, brutal, like, cuts all over my arms.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair.
1: Um, But, yeah, then we cut over to our three baddies. And they've discovered the trail in the water, at least. But uh, I wanted to point out, as we see the three of them kind of standing in profile, we see the uh, CGI smoke behind their heads.
0: Uh, I see that as well. Are you going to give a complaint or just point that out?
1: Uh, they do that often with with the CGI smoke. But this one, I think because of the speed, for whatever reason, just kind of stood out a little bit more than normal in maybe kind of a negative way. It didn't feel natural to the scene for me. But maybe that's just me.
0: (laughs) Took it out of uh, the fact of Tylee trying to wonder or figure the word of what she's found or what they've found. Mm -hmm. Is it lumps? Is it clumps? Actually, I think it was lumps. I don't remember now. (laughs) (laughs) Point is, is that Maya now has another bunch of like string and or like she can fashion this fur into string for her you know invisible air violin hmm.
1: yeah I, I thought it was a cute scene to give Tylie a little bit of yeah, a little bit of something of a personality there which we've seen her have in the past but it's nice to uh nice to reiterate that i think
0: again one of these characters should obviously not be here and part of this side of the my like, conflict because she was certainly born on the wrong side if you ask me
1: now wait a minute there. I was a little I was a little confused when I watched this yesterday and I'm a little confused still. Go ahead. So was it intended that they would separate to go explore the two trails? It almost looked like they were all gonna go together and that and then Azula the just decided at the last minute to go and check out the other one on her own.
0: Um I thought, yeah, it was intentional that they split up because uh, Zula does the right thing in that she look you know she she scans the area she checks for you know they obviously were there all all the furs is obviously there and she sees a trail but then she like obviously knowing her she probably senses a chicanery which is a uh, uh, right The only problem the the absolute like nitpick that is uh, an absolute nitpick is that I have she finds the broken branches which is fine the broken treetops it's just she finds them immediately i wish it was like uh yeah like scans around quickly the treetops and then looks at finds that one but whatever she should have found that which is fine uh it's just she found it too quickly and then she rolled a 20 on search or spot and then she figures like i feel like there's a chicanery involved good kind of a cruel person-ish with zuko but i don't know like she hasn't really done anything to ang yet we have really seen her with Aang too much. So like you said, she might be a nice person. We don't even know. Maybe she just wants his autograph.
1: <laughs> and speaking of uh, their interactions, we cut back to Aang. Kind of going through this little, looks like almost a little ghost town. Maybe it was a, a victim of a Fire Nation raid, or maybe it was just an old town that, you know, didn't have much opportunity, so people left. I wasn't too sure, but definitely carried some Western vibes.
0: At first, I thought this was the town from Zuko alone, and I was like, that would probably make no sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because why would it be deserted all of a sudden? <laughs> Maybe it could be some similar models, though. They just... Well, I guess they wouldn't do that. Yeah, because it's hand-drawn. Wouldn't be, uh, like, CGI models they can just poured in.
0: To be fair, the structures themselves could be similar if they were, like, based out in the frontier, since this is kind of where it is. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that the architecture is similar.
1: Yeah, but we see Aang go into the middle of this deserted town and just wait and wait for his uh, inevitable confrontation.
0: Really good scene. Really, really good. like no talking, just you know, all action and all or at least like character action in a way. And yeah, really, really enjoyed that. I enjoy those scenes when often they can just experiment with no talking.
1: Mm-hmm. But very shortly after that, we get a bunch of talking as we see. Katara and Sokka flying with Appa and underneath they're being chased by those funny looking little salamander looking guys. What do you think about the way they run? I, I thought it was kind of funny looking.
0: They are based off of real, uh, either geckos or r- lizards. I don't know the proper <laughs> or the Latin name for them, but I know they are based off of real world lizards uh, especially for, for one specific purpose, of course, <laughs>
1: Yeah, now that you say it, because I saw a lot of geckos when I was down in Florida. They do move similar to geckos, but um, yeah, we see. I don't know why is opa is he just going downward and like purposely, or is he falling asleep again during this scene?
0: exhaustion? E- ex- oh, okay. Everything that is happening with these characters is utter, pure, utter exhaustion. Oh yeah, there, yeah, there's him crashing. Yeah, all right. Like I'm not maybe that that seems like me giving an excuse to these characters, but I, in all honesty, these guys are just, again, exhausted. And I understand. <laughs> like I, I, fully get it. It's, it's if you're being chased by somebody and you can't rest, oh. I, trust me, I need my sleep. Like I, I, I get it. So I, I understand.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I love the, uh, the shot of the lizard guys running on the water. They just switch to like their hind legs.
0: <laughs> I just think it looks so funny again. A- apparently based off of real like life lizard yep. that can do that and they even i remember the yeah the comment the commentary was like yeah i know we found this shot somewhere and lizards running online or like some nah, I maybe mean, it was rap, but i know they they talked about that in the commentary of like yeah we kind of fact checked ourselves and there are lizards that do that
1: yeah i think it was like planet earth we saw something like that
0: I think that's before Planet. I think Planet Earth is before their time, or I think Planet Earth is after their time. Excuse me.
1: I don't know when that came out.
0: That well, was 2010.
1: Could have been, but either way, I'm sure it had shown up in plenty of nature documentaries. But I think it oh, had yeah. shown up in uh, Planet Earth, maybe even uh, one of the Blue Planets. But, uh, but anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah. So again, Chara blasts because they're on a riverbed. Chara blasts the, I guess, a wave at one of them. The one is on and a poor little lizard gets you know sw- swept away i hope you know they're okay i assume they could probably like swim underwater or at least swim above the water excuse me um of course my immediate thought is katara go instantly in the water and you're safe like mai has to throw knives but again they, they obey the laws of physics so once underwater she can't really do that there's you know she, there's water around you, there's liquid. So it's going to be hard to like throw things under there. Um, Hmm. And then Tylee as well. As soon as she's in the water, she like can swim, but I don't know how like effective her, whatever you'd call it. This, this, this weird techniques that like prevent her from bending. I feel like it also be a problem. And of course you can also just freeze her if you were in there, but, (laughs) but physical exhaustion. Yeah, that's fair. But I do like that uh, that uh,
1: sock is still uh, still sharp enough to be able to smack those arrows right at the.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude! He rolled a really good like a really good like redirect or deflect um, mm-hmm. with his with his boomerang and club there, and then throws the club or the boomerang, excuse me. Um, almost didn't see the. Obviously, the boomerang came back off screen because he has it right there in like sixteen sixteen. So. Yeah. Of course, that happens. And then, yeah, these... Again, a really good fight scene. It's funny, the mm-hmm. commentators were like, yeah, we kind of were a little lazy with this fight scene. We just wrote it... Or this action scene, excuse me, you just kind of wrote it, like... Not half-thinking it, but just like... But I still think they did a good job with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it, too. Um, it, d- it definitely doesn't feel like a climax fight, but, yeah, it's a little stopgap fight.
0: I think it works. Oh, my goodness. Um... In the engage between Ty Lee and Sokka, it seems as though her, whatever you want to call it, this this, mm-hmm. this weird, like, pressure point technique almost. I'm just going to put call it that for now because yeah. she does something to Sokka's arm that also kind of nulls it, like, numbs it to the point where mm-hmm. it's so relaxed he can't even, like, move it. And he becomes very, like, f- I don't know what you'd call it, just, like, very flaccid. And yep. And wiggly and, and one like a worm almost and, but at the same time, looking at like sixteen twenty three or any in between like a few seconds before and after, <laughs> this is just for me or anybody who who gets it. But right now they're in um, Sokka's in open stance because Tylee's in is an orthodox and he's in southpaw right now. So I'm just like Sokka, kicker in the kicker in the in the liver. Come on, the liver's like right there you easily can do that. I guess he does technically go for, yeah, he almost does right there at like 1625. He goes for that, but now she just uses her leg. And even that it's like, okay, what kind of, who taught you this? Like, it's very potent and very useful. Don't get me wrong, but like who the, hey taught you this and how much energy are you putting into these attacks? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the series will answer that, but it's just funny. And then of course, like, (laughs) The one thing that Sokka's always good at is he uses his head. <laughs> and I guess, like, maybe bruises Tylee's hand or knuckle or whatever you want to call it and prevents her from pressure point blocking. I don't know. This is a funny, funny scene that I, I I liked. Yeah, and then shortly after that, May also overpowers
1: Katara. And it seems like, seems like they get, yeah. I mean, maybe you can put it down to them being asleep. But yeah, they get pretty much pretty much conquered there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, like they, these two are probably well rested, well fed. Um, don't have, probably have a shower as well or bath, excuse me. So they don't have to worry about um, anything. So they're they're ready for this fight. But um, unfortunately, as Maya's is talking about, you know, her, her air violin and, you know, all the chords and the minor scales and dirges she plays day in and day out. Does uh, Appa catch him on logging, <laughs> and gives him a swipe to the tail, and that's why you never turn your back on somebody, <laughs> even if it's yep. a big fluffy cloud.
1: Yeah, he slaps him away, and then we yeah we move back over to Ang. Uh, before we do, I just wanted to mention I did look up the when Planet Earth the first season came out, and it was the same year two thousand six.
0: Never so. mind, I was incorrect. I just remember the maybe the Blu Ray came out in two thousand ten.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, maybe around that time.
0: Yeah, but I think you're right there, sir. Maybe it was. Yeah, I can't. I cannot deny what you said. Also, I do love the scene where, um, uh, Tylee and my or maybe, excuse me, wash wash up on uh, another river, part of the riverbed, and <laughs> there's little Tylee just being like, "You notice that? How that guy's pretty cute." <laughs> I just say, weird look of seriously.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of cute as well. Yeah, then we get the big confrontation. Aang is sitting there waiting, and then we see kind of a funny shot of the uh, the lizard guy walking up with Azula on his back. Something about the muscle kind of uh, structure of the lizard I thought looked kind of funny there. But this is a really cool confrontation, I think. And he finally becomes aware that this is Zuko's sister. And even the way that she does it was kind of mocking to, uh, to Zuko, just like mocking the way he'd talk and covering up half her face. I was like, oh man, she's just ruthless. <laughs>
0: Yeah, seventeen twenty seven. Looks like there's a filter over Azula. Maybe it's like the sun, kind of shining around her. I don't know. It's kind of it's, it's an interesting filter. I was, I was surprised by that. Um, but I am quite. I don't know. I I like seventeen thirty five when An gives that. I don't even know if gives, but he just he just looks at her with this like uh-huh. expressionless, tired face. Some, it's it made it made me wonder of like, is he looking at her and remembering anything that Zuko said? If he if he remembers in the in the cave between the two of them, I I doubt he did, but I do wonder if Aang just takes a moment to consider, you know, if this is his sister and how like ruthless or at least not well ruthless in pursuit she is of 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 Ang, um. If he almost feels sorry for Zuko in a way. Especially given their interactions with each other. Of the, could we have been friends? Like, this is the complete opposite where I don't think Aganizala may have been friends ever.
1: Yeah, I almost took it as just like a like a almost weariness. Like, he's just sad for for these exchanges with Zuko's extended family, really. <laughs> yeah, who he's eventually going to have to face is just another extension of that. So.
0: Yeah, and whether or not he... if If he did understand Zuko's motivations. Maybe he didn't agree. Obviously he doesn't agree with them, but maybe there's some part of him where he's like, I get it. Hmm. But here he just looks at Azula and he's like, oh, you're nothing like him. And he almost has pity for her. I wonder, I'm just, again, I'm just looking at that face of like, wow, that's a face. And maybe it's, or maybe he's just tired. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's definitely like a, yeah, tired, but maybe not just tired physically, but just like kind of spiritually tired, like just having to keep facing these, you know, these, these oppressors. But before we really get into their, their real confrontation, we, we cut back to probably my favorite scene of the episode. And also, uh, I guess Brian Kanitsko's, or was, no, actually it was Michael DiMartino's favorite, yeah. I should say. <laughs> who came and actually uh, requested to storyboard this, this scene because he loved it so much. And that's a scene between Toph and Uncle Iroh sharing a, a cup of tea together, kind of discussing where they are on the road. I thought that was just a, a really great kind of uh, slow moment for the episode.
0: Yeah, and it's funny how Uncle Iroh is almost drawn non-cartoonish, if that makes sense, because the other... The other four characters are very much I think drawn to look a little more like cartoonish, if that makes sense. like Almost caricatures themselves, whereas Uncle Iroh looks kind of similar to the way he's drawn in GM animation. Same with Azula.
1: I think there was very firm lines yes. with Azula.
0: Yes, no, I agree with that. You're, you are correct in that. Um, but I like how if you remember in the commentary uh, it was at one of them, I don't remember which one it was, stating that uh, he kind of he kind of tests her in a way subtly. Not that he, mm-hmm. Clara was not trying to get one up over Toph, of course. But he he she certainly like saw where he was, like like knew that he was hidden behind the this this rock, and she you know ejected him from that hiding spot. And so he play he get when he gives the tea, he kind of like tests to see like if she knows where it is. I like that. That's that's pretty cool
1: yeah i like that too yeah then they have a really cool exchange uh kind of talking about her having to you know knowing how to take care of herself and feeling like people always treat her like she's yeah someone needs to be taken care of and how that relates back to uh but, but how she feels like she can take care of herself and is independent and that relates back to zuko and they have kind of a nice talk about him too and I like that she doesn't know that that that's the guy that was pursuing them they, that she just heard about. I think that's really cool, too.
0: Yeah, this is this is also my one of my favorite parts as well. Just in that here's two characters that don't know each other and they get an interactive. They get to sit down and talk and maybe some people might say this feels contrived. But no, I'm pretty sure Uncle Iroh was looking for Zuko the whole time. It's, I suspect he was like, what else is he going to do?
1: And I also suspect that he was never that far off from Zuko. He was always trailing pretty closely.
0: Oh, I think you are correct there, sir. Um Yeah, no, this is great and I wish it makes it makes me want to see what Uncle Iroh would be like with with all the other main leads uh with with Tara, with Sokka and with Aang. Especially Aang, just to see like how he mm-hmm. cuz and I mean I also love to see more of him with Toph personally, but um you can only we can only have so much of this, <laughs> um, but I do also want to point out. I love how, like she she states, like as you said, because of her upbringing, uh, people are always, you know, doing things for me. And said you didn't let me pour my own tea. I love how he says mm-hmm. I was the one that wanted to pour your tea, and I really like that because that shows who Uncle Arrow is as a character, and that he is wanting to serve to Toff doesn't know anything about her. Doesn't know her backstory. Doesn't know anything like the fact that she lives this life. Maybe through that line, he could maybe like infer like she has been, um, knowing could probably see that she's blind. He he can gather that she is um how you put it yeah she she has been like you know protected her life. But I love that she's like no I'm gonna serve you mm-hmm. completely humble and. And and showing gratitude to everybody, it's it's just it's wonderful for Uncle Iroh again. Sorry, I just I just wanted to gush there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and even love when she she tells him like, oh, your your nephew should be very like happy to have you, and then she thanks him for for the conversation, and and he just so so pleasantly, it's like, oh, thanks for having tea with me, kind of thing. I thought that was just a really sweet moment, just a happy expression,
0: an absolute impartial party member. To come by and say yes zuko really needs his uncle
1: yeah i really i think that's yeah, a really beautiful moment and one of the highlights of this uh this book so far i think but then we we fade away back to the town and back to the confrontation between uh azula and the the creepy reptile guy and ang
0: i would like to state that this scene and the previous scene with Sokka and the guitar against Tylee and my, my, excuse me. Um, I feel like when you'll know what I'm getting at, like there's probably a lot of like time being played with here, by the way, like, mm-hmm. as in like, it may not have been going all on at once simultaneously. Like maybe some stuff happened earlier and beforehand. So, you know, where I'm going with this though. So, but yes, we, we get on to the, the the big showdown between Azula and Aang.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I feel like that, that talk with Iroh was probably quite a bit before this. So Because, yeah, they wouldn't have time to... Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't spoil.
0: But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going with this, but... <laughs> yeah. The showdown of who's going to hit first or who's going to go first.
1: Yeah, and what we thought was going to be just a regular singles main event. Turns into a triple threat match.
0: Oh man, <laughs> that reminds me of WrestleMania 24. I think it was between Randy Orton, um, John Cena, and uh, Triple
1: H. Oh, interesting. I haven't gotten to there yet.
0: Interesting. I don't think you remember that one, but I remember that. I remember watching that one in theaters. That was a uh, interesting one. Randy Orton won that fight, by the way.
1: Oh, cool! In the theater. Th- wow. It was
0: either for the world. War Champion or something. It was for a belt. I don't remember which one it was. Then. Oh, which theater? Uh, oh god, maybe Strawberry. Either I think it was Guilford, or it was Empire Theaters at the time. Excuse me. Oh, cool, cool. Yep. That's great. Yep. Remember they, they still? I don't know if they still do that or not. If um, I think they do, where they show WWE events there.
1: Yeah, I think they're doing it with WrestleMania, but I was just like, oh man, it's like so long, I can't do it. But either way, <laughs> back to the episode. <laughs> I love uh, Ang's expression. I'm just like shocked when he's like, Zuko? Like what? Like what are you doing here? I thought that was a, a cute moment.
0: Well, no, he he's, he's not so much shocked about well, Zuko, yes, but then like funny that you should be here, Zuzu. Zuzu. Yeah.
1: I like that too. Shang <laughs> latches onto that.
0: <laughs> he had to he had to snicker at that.
1: But he looked so sleepy when he was snickering too.
0: <laughs> uh do you remember the I uh, you remember what the commentator said by the way, how the ostrich horse and the lizard are probably Outback fighting as well. <laughs> Did they say? Oh, I must have missed that too. Unfortunately, in uh, where is it? You can technically see the lizard in frame. Yeah, <laughs> I just saw him, but oh, yeah, there you go. So, I'm but I still like to imagine that just because the creators were just joking about it. I'm like, ah, it might be true, it might not be.
1: Yeah, and I like how Azula and Zuko like immediately go to like stances, but Aang's like a second behind because he's sleepy. He's like, oh better get to a fighting position here.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a weird Agni kai event with three uh yeah in, with three participants in there and Azula was the first one to strike and ang said he wasn't gonna run anymore and immediately i guess like either maybe he's trying to get to higher ground i have no idea but yeah it seems like he's trying to run away
1: yeah maybe he was like in a daze almost and he's like oh crap probably i gotta get out of here i'm not in a position to fight them
0: man there's some there's some cut stuff there that was hilarious though just the way like ang zipped around qu- quick i could i could tell like they were shooting on ones there but like kind of work. but all at the same time it's like shouldn't his reaction timing be a little off given how like yeah doesn't matter though let's, let's keep going though
1: yeah and i think the near strike when azula almost hits him and he falls to the ground i think that like shoots some adrenaline too many wakes up oh i mean then he starts just springing around everywhere
0: especially since when you're like near burnt and you got like flames on you i feel like it probably you know wake you up if you were about to be semi-burned i mean i, I i've been there before <laughs> not with being burned but like let's just say if you like you got a work site and uh you only got up like 30 minutes beforehand it's 30 minutes later and you're hammering something away and all of a sudden you accidentally like hammer something onto your fingernail and your nail blisters and bruises and it's going to come off in like 30 days or no two months or whatever like that certainly wakes you up and makes you want to puke anyways yeah
1: Oh, but I I did want to say uh, I think that um Giancarlo and uh JM they did a fantastic job with just the smoothness of the animation like it's so slick
0: did you say who'd you say sorry
1: Giancarlo
0: yeah and who's the other one
1: JM animation this is DR movie this is Dr. Oh, I thought it was J.M. Yeah,
0: no, this is Dr. Oh. oh. Yeah.
1: Either way, they they do a really slick job with the uh, the smoothness of the animation. I love the way the Aang's just like zooming around in between them. I think that all works really well.
0: Well, bless my soul. This man actually has something positive to say about Dr. Anime movie. Excuse me. Of course he does. <laughs> he likes Dr movie it's just like he usually he's not a fan of like the fight scenes or the looks of the characters but like i oh, bless my soul he's actually um liking it a lot i especially love the part where ang runs into the building um azula follows. she almost falls um because the whole floor is collapsed and she quickly like kept catches herself and then zuko just comes running in and like a complete doofus he just <laughs> falls straight for the great that is Absolute funniness and goofiness right there, and the smile on Ang's face with his tired <laughs> expression on his little air ball is is absolutely funny. That's a that's a memorable point. And then also, like as soon as Zula like he runs out of air, and the Zula like fires fire, he like zips over the wall and then like runs to her and like kind of pushes her against the off the wall, beams, and she lands. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny. It's interesting that I didn't see Zuko have his broadswords out, eh?
1: Yeah, this is more of a more of a personal kind of bending battle.
0: I guess so. Doesn't really need the swords. Anyway, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I do like that there's like a good economy to the fight too, where they give you just enough before it switches gears and you know, she kind of takes Zuko out and then isolates Aang. Like we get enough cool moments before that happens, but without it taking too long. So I think that's, that's good. Because sometimes I do feel like these fight scenes go on a little long for me. but
0: Yeah, I think it was pretty well used and... Yeah, I think I, I agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, then she isolates Aang and sets a room on fire, and he's just sitting there, all beaten up, hopeless. She could probably take him out right there.
0: Well, she's about to. Like, no, yeah. no last words. She's gonna do it, and then I don't know where Katara.
1: Yep. Then out of out of nowhere, yeah, Katara shows up, does some water bending, and helps him out. And then basically out of nowhere, everyone shows up <laughs> after that.
0: So you could maybe. Maybe like, I don't I don't want to go there. Maybe you could say, oh, all right, the seals like, you know, there's some fudging of of yes. people getting here and whatnot. It's not impossible. That's what I was referring to before of like, keep in mind all the scenes beforehand. Then again, the sun's position of where everything was would have determined what time was going on or what, what time it was. So
1: Yeah, and it, you could assume that they were all close by in seeing the fire they made them run to uh get there faster.
0: There's that, yeah, there there could be that and they got there quickly. It's tough that you might question like well, yes, can she smell fire or like can she detect burning? Uh I don't know. I'm not going into that.
1: It's just funny that that they all all four of them just show up right away <laughs> like they're all there. Like they've been waiting all the time for their chance to strike.
0: Maybe Uncle Iroh was the one to follow or look for Zuko. And then Toph was the one that followed him.
1: Mm -hmm. And I do like that. they uh, I guess the six of them, they do manage to kind of get the upper hand. It takes six to take her on. And I like that Uncle Iroh. (laughs) As she's running away from uh, our usual uh, gang, uh, he just like belly bumps her to the ground. (laughs)
0: It's like what kind of move is that? It's great. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty much how Uncle Arrow would fight, if if I'm gonna be honest. As as the commenters commenter <laughs> said, excuse me.
1: Yeah, then they finally have her cornered and it seems like, oh, our, our group is are finally working all together against a common enemy. That's nice. Yep, that pretty much is. And then she uses her kind of secret weapon, pick off the weakest one, and the one that's gonna have the most impact. I mean Sokka. She could knock him down and you know maybe maybe uh, Iroh would, would care, but probably Toph and, and Zuko would still keep coming after, her, but Oh yeah. But with Uncle Iro, you know, our our usual gang are, are too sympathetic to uh not try to help there.
0: And at that point as well, it's because she realizes Uncle Iroh's distracted when he turns, sees Toph. He's and then he sees the rest of the crew and he's like Oh, puts three and six together to make seven Hmm. and probably states, given her attire, he's like, aha, so that's the earthbending teacher for the avatar. But in that that moment, Azula finally puts herself in scumbag and vile territory when she lashes out at Uncle Iroh Mm -hmm. and... My Zuko's expression of of like panic at her is exactly the moment where I'm like, she's gotta go, and yeah. just like start at twenty two or sorry twenty three oh two and like slow motion it, and you get their powers combined, and the only instance of all four like converging in, and we never get that ever again. Spoilers, and that was awesome. Although she of course blocked it with her firebending, so. Yeah, Azula, you are the real villain of this book. Yeah, she's a beast. How dare you? You pursue the Avatar relentlessly, though that's clever of you. And you attack, you, you use treachery to get your uncle and brother to return home as prisoners. And you dupe your friend into joining your quest to get your uncle and brother. Um, not the other one, though. The other one was just does it out of boredom. <laughs> kind of threatened the other one, though, I mean. And this time, attacking Uncle Iroh, you are a villain. And also the backstory as well. That was pretty cruel of you. <laughs> there can be no doubt. Yeah, but she uses that
1: uses that opportunity to take off and disappear into the dust. And yeah, then we see the, the kind of aftermath of Iroh in pretty bad shape. And Katara immediately offers, like, hey, I can help here. And Zuko, he's just completely, he, he can't deal. He just tells him to go away. Like, does a little flame at them, but over their heads, so he's not even trying to hurt them at this point.
0: Yeah, of course. He
1: just wants to wants
0: to be left alone. There's also that shot of Toph looking at Uncle Iroh, then shooting, like, then going to her feet and looking at him. Uh, I assume it- that maybe potentially means that she's listening to his maybe heartbeat or something i don't i'm I'm not so sure
1: yeah i wasn't sure either but i did like like you said that moment of recognition when he kind of realized that when iroh realized that Toph was with them i thought that was a nice little moment to to include and i wondered if she knew like did he speak so she could hear him (laughs) i was curious about that
0: or if she... Well, again, she, she realizes that this is the nephew, this is Zuko. I, I don't know if she... We, we didn't even got confirmation, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious if she was aware that he was with there with them fighting. But either way...
0: But it was nice to see that, you know, Aang and Zuko kind of fight together. Not really, but mm-hmm. kind of in like just a... In that moment of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, It was nice to see that... In that instance, they all had a common foe to attack. And not that that will be his future firebending teacher. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'll discuss that a little bit more in my uh, my final thoughts, but there was that one last scene of seeing them all sleeping together as a group. No more fights. Uh, yeah, Katara and Sokka and Aang and, and Toph all together as a group.
0: And Momo, and Momo as well. And Momo, yeah. They all find this cliffside behind a mountaintop and they all fall asleep after everything that's happened. Yeah. Very cute little ending. Dream away kids. Dream away. And that was the chase.
1: But just to comment on what you're saying. Yeah. That's, that is one of the things that really stands out in this episode is just seeing the, uh, the six of them all working together as a group. I think that was a super cool way to kind of put them together and especially setting up that little scene with, uh, toff and Iro, kind of a little bridge between the two groups i thought that was a really clever choice putting that right before that scene and um yeah and it was interesting seeing that kind of vulnerable zuko will expose to the avatar like even usually when we'd see him kind of vulnerable before there was still kind of that that more fronting element to him i still putting like a distance this one he was like he's completely broken down at this point he's not the uh the guy he was in the first season so that was cool, but yeah, definitely positive on this episode. I I love, yeah, the the story of the the chase and then the, the final confrontation, all that stuff was great. So another big highlight for for book two.
0: Lots happened in this, but as I mentioned before, there was one thing that didn't end up happening. There was no truth and reconciliation nor apology or at least come to an understanding between Katara and Toph. It would seem a plot point has been left opened. If the writers go with that more, that will be interesting, but that was never settled in this episode. Interesting. We'll see if the resolution will happen with that at some point, but again, again, Lots happened in this. Is this filler?
1: No, I, w- I would say no. Okay,
0: it was. It there was lots of action. There was, and I don't just mean like fight scenes. I just mean like there was actions that occurred. Um, the team was tested certainly, and like I said before, didn't all that resolution didn't re- really happen. Um, it wasn't wrapped up in a nice bow. We'll see how that continues on, but now it certainly this this one little natural occurrence that being shedding for oppa for turned into this escalating chase, if you want to put it that way. So it probably <laughs> means the team has to now think once again that they're being hunted, um, chased by a, another Zuko, but this time ruthless and will hurt people. Like, Zuko, at least, again there was honor to him. If that first episode or second episode, excuse me, he only like he, while he threatened and he had the soldiers threaten the village, he himself didn't take any prisoners and he didn't hurt anybody. He only used grand grand as an example of what the avatar might look like um, from his description, his belief in what he looked like. Didn't attack anybody. He didn't burn anybody. He just, okay. Yeah. He destroyed things, but that was only because they kind of landed in the, inside the village Azula no she will use any means of winning no matter what it is she there there is she if if Zuko plays by current UFC rules Azula plays by UFC one rules
1: (laughs) yeah I guess that's fair basically no rules to some degree other
0: than I think no groin attacks nor eye pokes yeah,
1: like eye gouging.
0: Yeah, yeah. No groin. Yeah, no. Anything else? You could you could throw the person out of the ring potentially. I think Tank Abbott did that with somebody. Yeah, you could ring their neck. <laughs> you could do it twelve to six. You could you could do the twelve to six. Um, I think you didn't even have to wear um gloves because I know Tank Abbott was wearing like sneakers nope. in there. Yeah, Yeah, bare knuckle. I don't even think you. I don't even think you had to wear mouth guards. Uh. I think it was optional. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think it was optional. I'm gonna assume that um, Shamrock and Hoist wore four um, mouth guards. Yeah, I feel like Shamrock did. Maybe actually no, no, I don't think. Actually, yeah, no, and I don't think about it. Hoist didn't either.
1: Yeah, you could even you could throw the steel chair in. You can get grab a ladder, you know, and you can. Uh, oh no, wait, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah, you're thinking <laughs> the wrong thing.
0: You <laughs> could technically put your fingers in between the cage. <laughs> Sorry, just so much stuff. But anyway, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling This so. <laughs> this little goes by USC one. Version. It was used by USU rules. Anyway, um, so I very much enjoyed this episode, sir. There you go,
1: and we'll see if we enjoy the next episode. Do you remember what that one is off the top of your head?
0: Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I do remember what the episode entails.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm ex- I'm very excited to go. I think I've mentioned a couple times so far that definitely between book one and book two I definitely lean towards book two being the, the stronger and so I've very much enjoyed going through it so far I think it's been a lot of winners and very excited to see what we get next
0: I mean you know almost like they took a lot of stuff and uh, feedback from book one and were are like hey let's kind of like do this for book two so of course it's probably yeah. improvement I think that's usually how seasons go we're like Whatever doesn't work in the first season, they like try to improve upon in the second.
1: Unfortunately, I would say that's not how uh, most shows go, (laughs) but if only, only. but I do, uh, I do think it helps. They sent so much, uh, or they built so much groundwork in that first season. So they had a lot of places to uh, build further, of course, and make it even richer. But yeah, that's, that's all for this, this episode, unless you have any final words, I'll, I'll sign off for us here
0: or My last words for this evening and or morning or afternoon are if you are being pursued by a relentless enemy and they are testing your ability to sleep, do you simply give up, sleep, and wait for the opportunity to escape? Or do what the uh, Avatar gang did? Choice is yours. Till next time. Peace.